Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody, this is Tristan Nunez, driver of the 7-0 Skyactiv Mazda prototype, and you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the July 30th edition of Speedway Digest, Thursday Night Thunder, the most hardcore motorsport program on the internet. This is episode 186 of the series. I'm your host, Adam Jason Sinclair, and tonight's program, Michael Malik of Powell and myself will be recapping the past weekends of racing, previewing upcoming action, and discussing whatever other topics pop into the conversation. Moto America is set to return to Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta for its third round of the 2020 championship season, July 31st through August 2nd. Featuring five classes of the country's best motorcycle racers, the weekend-long event kicks off with qualifiers on Friday, followed by two full days of nonstop racing action. In addition to races in five competitive classes, Superbike, Super Sports, Stock 1000, Twins Cup, and Junior Cup, the race weekend also features tons of action off the track. Spectators can enjoy stunt shows and bike displays, plus the chance to get autographs and participate and see participating riders, teams, and motorcycles at the Open Paddock on all three days. Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course will open its gates to spectators again on a limited basis for the Honda Indy 200 at Mid-Ohio on August 7th through the 9th. The event is now a doubleheader weekend for the NTT IndyCar Series with 75 lap races on both Saturday, August 8th and Sunday, August 9th on the 2.258-mile 13-turn round course in Lexington, Lexington, Ohio. The event will operate under the Responsible Restart Ohio Guidelines for COVID-19 after receiving approval from the local health department for limited spectator attendance. Tickets will be sold on a first-come, first-served basis. Customers are encouraged to purchase online in advance at midohio.com. Motorhome and tent camping will also be permitted during the event. The grandstands, paddock, and pits will not be open to spectators to adhere to social distancing guidelines. In accordance with Ohio's statewide mask mandate in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, required to wear facial coverings while on property. They will also be subject to a temperature check and health screening when entering the facility. Fans should visit midohio.com slash COVID-19 for more information on the essential health and safety protocols. All spectators will enter the facility through gate one. Additional answers to common fan questions can be found at midohio.com slash COVID-19 FAQ, as well as information for those spectators who had purchased grandstand seats, paddocks, and pit passes previously. The NTT IndyCar Series will run 36 and 37th races in its history at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. The green flag will drop at 2.45 p.m. Eastern Time on Saturday, August 8th, and then at 1.45 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday, August 9th. The weekend schedule will also feature double-header races for the Indy Pro 2000 Championship presented by Cooper Tires and triple-header events for Cooper Tires USF 2000 Championship, both part of the Road to Indy presented by Cooper Tires Development Ladder for Open Wheel Racing's Rising Stars. The Global Mazda MX-5 Cup will also hold two races across the weekend. Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course offers one of the best friendly values in all of live sports and entertainment. Children 12 and under always receive free journal admission when accompanied by a ticket adult. Visit midohio.com for more information. Follow his Facebook page at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course, Twitter at mid-ohio, or Instagram at official mid-ohio for the latest news. 
Andretti Autosport has announced today the team's Extreme E effort first announced in April will take on a new look as the U.S.-based outfit partners with England's United Autosports for an inaugural season of electric off-road SUV racing. The combined Extreme E effort will take on the team name of Andretti United Extreme E and be represented by a badge featuring combined heritage elements. With Andretti's familiar, oh Lord, familiar, oh my gosh, it's like how some people have problems with aluminum. Familiarity, oh no, okay. And Formula E, and with two teams already working in tandem as partners via Walkinshaw Andretti United, the pairing of the two teams will be seamless as the new racing championship unfolds. The new outfit will be staffed by experienced team members from both organizations. Led by Michael Andretti, Andretti Autosport holds nearly two decades of accolades across various disciplines of motorsport, including five Indianapolis 500 victories and four IndyCar Series championships. The team has also been active as a competitor in the ABB Formula E Championship since the first season, with multiple racing victories and now competing under the BMW i Andretti Motorsports banner. United Autosports is our largest motorsports team in the UK, goaling in different sports car prototypes categories across the world. Based in Leeds, West Yorkshire, UK, the company is co-owned by McLaren CEO Zach Brown and former racing driver Richard Dean. The team has raced in a number of different championships, with a vast range of cars and drivers, including Fernando Alonso, Juan Pablo Montoya, Lando Norris, and Paul DeResta. The new Andretti United Extreme E team is preparing for receipt of its Odyssey 21E SUV with sights set on the first round of testing anticipated for December. Further announcements are to be made regarding team partners and male-slash-female driver duo in the coming months. For more information, visit andreadyunitedexe.com and visit the team on Twitter and Instagram with at andreadyunitedexe. The 59th running of the Relic 24 Daytona, North America's most prestigious sports car race, will be held on January 30th and 31st, 2021 at Daytona National Speedway to open the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship season. In addition, the annual Roar Before the Rolex 24 preseason test session shifts to a new date in 2021, January 22nd through the 24th, Friday through Sunday. Following the popular Roar schedule, IMSA teams are set to remain at the track through the Rolex 24 weekend. They are scheduled to participate in fan-focused events, celebrating the start of the IMSA season at One Daytona, the Lifestyle and International Speedway Boulevard from Daytona International Speedway. The Rolex 24 was first held as a three-hour event in 1962, then known as the Daytona Continental. It has been renowned for, for annually attracting many of the world's finest race car drivers from various racing disciplines to make history against the world's best sports car drivers. Historically, drivers from NASCAR, IndyCar, and Formula One have joined teams for one-off efforts. Past Rolex 24 Daytona champions include four-time NASCAR Cup Series and three-time Daytona 500 champion Jeff Gordon, five-time NTT IndyCar Series champion Scott Dixon, and two-time Formula One champion Fernando Alonso. Dixon co drove to his third Rolex 24 title this past January. The IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship currently features competition in four classes. The headlining Daytona Prototype International Class, DPI, Le Mans Prototype 2, the LMP2, GT Le Mans, GTLM, and GT Daytona, GTD. On Friday, January 29th, prior to the Saturday-Sunday Twice around the clock Rolex 24, the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge season will begin with the four-hour BMW Endurance Challenge. The full list of racing 
action includes January 22nd through the 24th, the Roar Before the Roll is 24, January 29th, the BMW Endurance Challenge, and January 30th through the 31st, the Rolex 24 at Daytona. Tickets for the 2021 Rolex 24 weekend went on sale officially on Tuesday, September 8th at 9 a.m., while guests from 2020 received their renewal information in early August, which isn't exactly true because I know people who got that information this past week. Any guests for the multi-day ticket to the Rolex 24 at Daytona will have access to the Royal preseason test sessions. The Royal Weekend will play host to Scout Days again in 2021. Tickets for all Daytona National Speedway events can be purchased online at DaytonaNationalSpeedway.com or by calling 1-800-PIT-SHOP. Fans can also stay connected with the Daytona National Speedway on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, and Snapchat, and also by downloading the Daytona National Speedway mobile app for the latest Speedway news throughout the season. Since the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship resumed racing earlier this month, Corvette's Racing Jordan Taylor and Antonio Garcia have been on a roll. The trick now is to keep it going. Taylor and Garcia teamed to win the GTLM class in IMSA WeatherTech 240 at Daytona on July 4th. Then it followed with the runner-up finish in the July 18th at the Cadillac Grand Prix of Sebring. As they approached this weekend's main event for the IMSA Force Car Weekend at Road America in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, their goal is to continue with the positive results in the Corvette Racing No. 3 Chevrolet Corvette C8R. The victory and runner-up finish came after a fourth-place finish in the season-opening Rolex 24 at Daytona in January. That was followed by a five-month hiatus because of the coronavirus pandemic. Like Corvette Racing, Cooper McNeil and teammate Tony Villander have been making strides in the GTD class. After starting the season with seventh and fifth-place finishes, they drove the number 63 Scuderia Corso WeatherTech Racing Ferrari 488 GT3 to a second-place finish at at Road America, they have, ind- they have an added incentive. McNeil, who grew up a few hours' drive from the 14-turn 4.048-mile circuit, is a shareholder in the facility. Garcia has been doing his homework. On Monday, he watched videos of the team's maiden testing laps at the Corvette C8R at Road America in 2018. Their effort to see ring, where Taylor started on GTLM pool, was encouraging for Garcia and Taylor, who share the class lead in the driver's standings. NBC's live network coverage of the main event began Sunday at noon Eastern time. Kyle LeDuc and Toyo Tires continued their success in the month of July with another championship off-road COR Pro 4 win. The win took place during round four at Wisconsin's Dirt City Motorplex. LeDuc relied on the all-new Toyo Open Country AT3 tires to get him to the finish line and achieve his third win in the COR series this year and the 102nd short course win of his career. Located in Lena, Wisconsin, the Dirt City Motorplex is one of the newest tracks added to the COR series circuit. After a rain delay which threatened the race start and canceled qualifying, the Pro 4 race was finally given the green light. LeDuc and his number 99 Pro Monster Energy Toyo Tires WD40 Ford Raptor Pro 4 truck started round four in the second position after the inversion and was able to make able to take the lead and hold off the tough field of competitors on his way to victory. The Duke currently sits at top of the standings as he looks to add another championship to his impressive resume. The Duke is a six-time Pro 4 championship in the Lucas Oil Off-Road Racing Series. And his third COR victory in two weeks continues an impressive streak for Toyota Tires and Team Toyota Drivers. He looks to continue his success as the COR Series travels back to ERX Motor Park in Minnesota next month, where he won round one and two. To learn more about the new 
Toyo Open Country AT3, AT3 all-terrain tire, visit toyotires.com slash products slash open dash country dash AT3. Despite having 10 different NASCAR Cup Series winners in 19 races this season, the dominance of Joe Gibbs Racing's Denny Hamlin, five victories, and Stuart Haas's racing Kevin Harvick, four victories, combining to win nine of the 19 events, a winning percentage of 47.3% can't be understated. What's even more interesting is these two winning juggernauts, Hamlin and Harvick, went head-to-head in a stellar battle to finish the last season's NASCAR Cup Series race at New Hampshire Mars Speedway. It was Harvick's first win of the 2019 season and his fourth career win at the famous short track, which dates back to 2006, 2016, 2018, and then, of course, 2019. This season, Harvick heads to New Hampshire with a bit more early season success. The Californian currently leads the series standings and has posted four wins, Darlington, Atlanta, Pocono, and Indianapolis, 12 top fives, 16 top tens, and double average finish of 6.5 so far this season. Even though Hamlin finished runner-up last season to Harvick at New Hampshire, he's currently riding a wave of momentum coming off his series-leading fifth victory of 2020, Daytona 500, Darlington, Homestead, Miami, Pocono, and Kansas. The Virginia is currently in fourth in the driver's standings, but leads in the series playoffs with 28. Hamlin has accumulated top 10 top fives, 11 top tens, and average finish 10.3 through 19 races this season. Looking at the stats for this weekend, Foxwoods Resorts Casino 301 at New Hampshire Motor Speedway on Sunday, August 2nd at 3 p.m. Eastern on NBCSN, PRN, and Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. Expect to see the dynamic duo of Harvick and Hamlin battling it out. Harvick leads all active drivers and wins at New Hampshire with four. Hamlin is right behind him with three. Hamlin leads the series and runner-up finishes at New Hampshire with five second-place results, including last year. Harvick is tied with Matt Kenseth for series most top fives among active drivers with 12 each. Hamlin is right behind them with 10. <clears throat> and while Hamlin leads the series in average finish at New Hampshire with a 9.8, Harvick is not far behind with a 12.8. Harvick has led the second most laps among active drivers at New Hampshire with 759. Hamlin has the fourth most at 662. Even the pre-race loop data points to Hamlin and Harvick as favorites this weekend. Hamlin leads the series in average running position, 10.6, and driver rating, 103.6. And Harvick is right there with him in second average running position, 10.8, and fourth in driver rating of 98.5. As the NASCAR Cup Series prepares for the 20th event of the 2020 season, time is running out for drivers to solidify their positions in the playoffs. With 10 drivers already locked in on wins, Danny, Ham- Danny Hamlin, five wins. Kevin Harvick, four wins. Brad Keselowski, two. Joey Logano, two. Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Martin Troops Jr., Alex Bowman, Austin Dillon, and Cole Custer each have one win. There are still six spots up for grabs as the series heads to New Hampshire Motor Speedway for the Foxwoods Resort Casino 301 on Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern on NBCSM, PRN, and Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. As we head to the Magic Mile on Sunday, Eric Almarola, 134 points up, excuse me, defending series champion Kyle Busch, plus 120, and his brother Kurt Busch, plus 119, all have comfortable point leads over 17th place Tyler Reddick in the first spot outside the playoff cutoff. But the drivers right below them in the standings, Clint Poyer, plus 42 in 14th, Matt DiBenedetto, plus 35 in 15th, and William Byron, plus 10 in 16th, and final transfer spot, are all feeling the pressure of clinging to their postseason contention chances by such small point margins. 
Third Haas Racing's Clint Boyer, who jumped up one position after last week's events and is now sitting in 14th in the playoff outlook, is 42 points up on the postseason cut line. This season, Boyer's amassed two top fives and five top tens. He finished 14th at Kansas Speedway last weekend and finished 20th last season at New Hampshire. In 26 series starts at New Hampshire, he's posted two wins in his first NCS career victory, four top fives, and nine top tens. Wood Brothers Racing's Matt Dibendetto is next in the driver's standings and is having a career year, currently 15th in the playoff outlook with just a 35-point cushion upon 17th place Reddick, the first spot outside the playoff cutoff. This season, Dibendetto has collected two top fives and five top tens in 19 starts. Dibendetto has recorded one top five and one top ten in eight starts at New Hampshire. Last season, he finished fifth for Levine Family Racing, one of his best career finishes due to date. Finishes to date. Hendrick Motorsports driver William Byron is sitting in 16th, the final playoff transfer spot, just 10 points up on Richard Childress Racing's Tyler Reddick in 17th. Byron will make his third Cup Series start at New Hampshire on Sunday. Last season, he posted his career-best New Hampshire finish 12th place at this event. Are you a race car driver, crew chief, pit member, track owner? Maybe you're just a huge fan of the sport. Contact either Michael Nolly or myself to get your spot on the show. After all, he's every 15 minutes of fame, and we'd love to hear from you. Well, we're zooming right along with the script this evening, but let's go ahead and take a short break now and listen to a selection from Ron Pastana and the pit crew. This is Crazy About Sprint Cars. Fuck. 
Hi, this is John Hunter Nemechek from Nimco Motorsports, and you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. There's new Turner events for NASCAR's historic race weekend on the hair of the Daytona Road Course, August 14th through the 16th. NASCAR and Daytona National Speedway announced Thursday, today, a new twist on the storied high-ranked triable infield road course with the addition of a chicane at the exit of NASCAR Turn 4 to provide the commanders with yet another passing zone. The new chicane now creates a 14-turn, 3.57-mile layout from the 3.56-mile turn layout on the storied Daytona Road Course, which, for the first time in history, will play host to NASCAR's three top national series along with the Arca Menard series. The races will be held on the same road course as the Rolex 24 at Daytona, North America's premier race for sports cars. The new chicane, located on the skid pad off turn four, measures nearly 500 feet from the point of entry to the point of exit off the straightaway racing surface, ranging from 38 to 48 feet wide throughout. A limited number of fans will get the opportunity to take in the doubleheader on Sunday, August 16th, consisting of the NASCAR Cup Series and NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoor Truck Series. Fans can get tickets, which start at $49, both races included, for adults and $10 for kids 12 years old and younger, by visiting www.daytonainternationalspeedway.com or calling calling 1-800-PIT-SHOP. The finalized schedule for the Daytona Road Course, including distances, laps, and stage lengths are on Friday, August 14th, the Arkham Menard Series at 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time on MAV-TV. It'll be 103 miles, which is 21, 29 laps. Stages breaks are at lap 15 and lap 29. On Saturday, August 15th, the NASCAR Xfinity Series will take the track at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, which will be available on NBCSN. That race is 108 miles long, 52 laps. Stage breaks there are lap 15. 30 and 52. On Sunday, August 16th, the NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoor Truck Series will hit the track at noon Eastern Time. That'll be on Fox Sports 1. Distance of that is 159 miles or 44 laps. Stage breaks are lap 12, lap 25, and lap 44. And finally, on Sunday, August 16th, the NASCAR Cup Series will hit the track at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. That'll be on NBC. The The distance for that event is 235 miles or 65 laps. Stage breaks at lap 15, 30, and 65. The Cup Xfinity and Arca events are realigned from the original scheduled races at Watkins Lane International, while again the truck event is realigned from Iowa Speedway. One driver looking forward to competing on the Daytona Road Course is reigning NASCAR Cup Series champion Kyle Busch. The driver of the number 18, Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota, who, along with Martin Truex Jr., leads all types of drivers in road course wins with four, competed in his first Rolex 24 at Daytona in January. NASCAR also announced drivers will be prohibited from running multiple races during the weekend, as well as a NASCAR Cup Series competition change. There will now be a high downforce with 750 horsepower aero slash engine package. The limited number of fans to the doubleheader of action is in accordance with public health officials and local state and federal authorities on amended safety protocols and procedures that will provide a safe experience for all fans in attendance. Front stretch seating is available, plus there are options for infield camping guests. Tickets also remain on sale for the Saturday August 29th Coke Zero Sugar 400, which will take place under lights on the 2.5-mile triable. A summertime staple since 1959, the switch of the race from July to August this year makes the Cup Series regular series and finale prior to the start of the 2020 NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. Tickets start for $49 there as well and $10 for kids 12 and under. Limited infield camping is also available. Special pricing options are available for the August double, 
featuring both Daytona Road Course Events, Cup and Gander Trucks, and the Coke Zero Sugar 400. Now, I had a, a chance this afternoon to have a little bit of a Twitter discussion with people about the, uh, the changes they're making at the Daytona National Speedway for this particular event. Personally, I do not agree with some of the changes they've decided to make. I don't think that the last chicane is necessary. I've seen information since I've, I had a little bit of discussion on Twitter saying that some of the 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 uh, simulations showed that the cars would be entering the first turn of the road course at 209 miles per hour. I don't buy that. I don't buy it at all. Um, I don't think that that's even possible with the current configuration of the of the cup cars. However, there's enough uh, enough evidence in the simulation, which I'm pretty sure is wrong, that decide, made them decide to, to make that change to the speedway. As I stated in my argument on Twitter with several people, some of them might even be listening to me this evening. If they are, that's great. Uh, that the uh, the sports cars are faster on the partic- on the road course than the cup cars are. They may not agree with that, but I can guarantee that that's true. You put them head-to-head, you'll see it. You look at the numbers, which you won't be able to look at because they're adding the stupid chicane, and you'll see that the, the uh, sports cars will definitely be faster. But I digress a little bit. Anyway, um, it will definitely be an interesting time to see the cars on the track there for the uh, for the road course. Uh, personally, I think that the trucks might actually be a little bit faster than the than the cup cars on the road course, simply because they have more experience on on road courses. And I also think they handle a little bit better, especially in those sort of environments. Uh, but it will be interesting to see how that goes. I'm sure that the, the adjustments they made are trying to make the cup cars the fastest cars of the weekend with 750 horse, horsepower adjustment and the, the downforce changes. Um, as I stated, I don't think they'd be anywhere close to 209 going into that first turn. Um, and with the with the chicane, they'll definitely not be that close. Um, it will be interesting to see what the times are. I know that the average um, speed for the the sports cars at the Rolex 24 recently is roughly 136 miles per hour. That's a an average over the entire course. I do not have the time available with me right now, but you can look that up. Uh, it's a little bit, I guess, a sub two minute time on the track, um, so you can you can check that out uh, yourself and see how that how that is and how the uh, the difference will be. I am anxious to see what the difference is. I'm anxious to see how the how the cars go. I think it'll be a crash fest personally. And I think that the, uh, especially since they don't have practice or qualifying or anything else there at the track in Daytona, and none of the drivers are familiar with that layout. Uh, even the people who've raced in the, in the sports cars before, they aren't familiar with it in this sort of machinery. Uh, no matter how much practice you have in a in the simulator, you won't be able to tell until you be on the track. And uh, it'll definitely be something. So, What's the next big motorsports event that you're looking forward to? Well, this weekend in Hermiston, it's the, I don't remember what they're calling it, but all the open wheel cars are going to be out there for the weekend. And I would really like to go watch that, but unfortunately no one's work schedules happen to line up this weekend. Um, But my husband would like to race soon. So, I mean, that will be something, but. With all this COVID stuff, it's just really kind of weird. It's kind of blah. Yeah, I agree. The uh, it's really blah. <laughs> um, I've been I've been fortunate that I've been able to leave the house pretty much every day since the uh, since the pandemic started here. Um, but lately, it's been a, a little bit more of a struggle to actually find something to do. Um, as you probably saw this morning, uh, I'm sure some of my listeners probably saw it as well. 
The first, but the second quarter of 2020 had the negative growth of any time in U.S. history at uh, roughly 33% negative growth, which is insane, um, and that's starting to affect pretty much every every aspect of the economy, whether it's the the local racers, the big teams, um, pretty much everybody in business. There's going to be more layoffs soon uh, because things have adjusted in such a way that that uh, people are afraid to go out. Some people, and so that that makes changes in the way the businesses have to do things. Um, the changes in unemployment and that sort of thing will make a, uh, an impact as well. Hopefully they will figure that out and uh, the amount of money won't decrease as much as they're talking about. But if it does, then that will be a negative, another negative on the economy. And it's just uh, hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, there is a light there. You don't know whether it's a, an oncoming train or what it is, but there's definitely some sort of light. In the racing news world, there have been some drawbacks and some some advances. I know that there were changes just this past week. Other races that were supposed to be slated to be in California have been have been either postponed or canceled altogether. Um, NASCAR itself is supposed to have the the final ten races um, their schedule released by now. They had the original schedule, of course, but that original schedule was was burned and thrown into the corner and stomped to death recently during the uh, the pandemic thing. And they've come out with a, a few different adjustments, but they have no clue what the last 10 races are going to be. They have some clue, I'm sure, but there'll be at least two or three that change. Uh, what I'm thinking is that there'll be at least one additional race here in the state of Florida that they're going to have to add uh, because the uh, there are certain different states around the country now that are requiring the 14-day stayovers for people who are from Florida. And there's a lot of race teams that are from the state of Florida here, especially in South Florida now, uh, some more in Central Florida, of course. But So that's a, a factor they have to think about. So it'll be interesting. Um, as far as local racing news, I know that they do have the, the Gator National slated for September. I have not heard anything changing about that. I am kind of thinking about heading up there for the Gator Nationals this year. Uh, that will have to be a, a closer to event time decision um, just because of the way the, the uh, changes in, in economy and changes and all that. Um, but there's definitely some really good deals on hotels there this year because I'm not sure that the all the hotels believe the race is going to take place. I'm also sure that the hotels there are aware that the football schedule is being delayed, uh, college football. So the there's some really good deals to be had if you're going to head up to Gainesville for the race in September. Uh, be sure to check that out. Um, at this point, the next race, the, the next big race that we're planning on heading to is the, the 12 hours of Sebring in November. Um, that is still a go, at least as of this morning. Um, they have not made any address, announcements as to whether they're going to change that date. Uh, they also have not made any announcements as to whether they're going to increase the amount of, uh, of racing that's going to take place on that weekend. The original racing schedule was amazing uh, with the uh, the FIA World Endurance Championship taking place on Friday and the 12-hour race taking place on Saturday, plus the other support races that take place during the week. Um, unfortunately, none of those races took place whatsoever this week, this year, and it doesn't look like the FIA World Endurance Championship will return to Sebring this year, and there's some doubt now that they'll return next year as well. So we'll have to see how that goes. Um, and that's about that. Um, hopefully, things start to improve. It seems like every time they start to improve a little bit, there's something else that goes wrong. We should try on how it goes. 
but hopefully the, the better things start to outweigh the worst things, and things start to get better and better. Fortunately, this show is on the air, so you have that to look forward to every week. Um, unfortunately, the other show on the Speedway Digest Radio Network, the uh, Pit Stop with Tim Despain and Stephen Wilson, has not yet returned to the airwaves. I have no clue when they're slated to return. Uh, however, I did just speak with uh, with Tim before this program got on the air, and Tim will be on either next week or the following week. I have not worked out the final details yet, but he will be on to talk about NASCAR, uh, to review the season thus far, maybe talk a little bit about his experience in traveling, almost traveling to Atlanta before they canceled the race, and the uh, also a little bit about Daytona. So that'll be awesome to talk to Tim Spain on this program. We've had him on, I think, once, maybe twice before. I've been on their program, I believe, the same amount of time. So that'll be cool to talk to him, and it'll be good to see his perspective about the current events. Um, I know he's had um, some experience to work at, at food banks and that sort of thing there in the Talladega area. So we might ask him a teeny bit about that, although we will try and keep the focus on motorsports as much as possible. So we do have a, a slated uh, guest for next week or the following week, so that's a good thing. As I stated earlier on in the program, if you're interested in coming on, please contact either myself or Michael, and we'll get your spot on the show. Uh, we are always looking for amazing new talent to have on the program. Uh, we've had a great success rate in talking to new drivers. We've also been able to talk to some established drivers and some cup drivers and drivers from all over the world. So if you're interested in getting your foot in the door in the world of uh, of online broadcasting, or even if you just want to share your experience in motorsports with all of us, we'd love to hear from you. With that, we're going to keep the show a little bit shorter this week and go ahead and end the program. So be sure to check out past episodes of Thursday Night Thunder as well as the other shows on the Speedway Digest Radio Network at blogtalkradio.com slash Speedway Digest Radio. You can also check out the show on Facebook by searching for Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder in the search bar. I also invite you to read the articles covering all aspects of motorsports at speedwaydigest.com. I did just put up some articles about the uh, recent racing events in the racing news section, as well as a little bit of some information in the Speedway news section. So be sure to check that out. That is fresh off the presses, put out there about three hours ago, a little bit less than three hours now. In addition, if you're a fan of South Florida and who isn't, be sure to check out the latest news and information about our slice of paradise at my site for both of fantastic finds. I will have a lot of information going on there, uh, mostly on on Instagram as well as Twitter this weekend. Uh, the Instagram is at Faborplums, F-A-B-O-R-P-L-U-M-B-S, and the Twitter is also at Faborplums, but you can also find it at PB Happening. That's probably the easiest way for you to remember, because um, I'm going to be heading out to Hollywood Studios, Disney's Hollywood Studios on Saturday to go and experience the new Galaxy's Edge attraction there as well as some of the other stuff that we haven't seen at Hollywood Studios since we we were there. I believe it was in January of 2019. Actually, I think it was February of 2019, roughly Valentine's Day, something like that. But it'll be interesting to see how that is. I know they have a lot of changes that have taken place, uh, foremost being the the opening of Galaxy's Edge, but also a lot of the COVID-19 pandemic precautions they have going on there, the temperature checks and the masks and the reduced services and that sort of thing. Um, unfortunately, there were some shows that are not taking place, a lot of those during the, due to the Actors' Equity Group that is still in negotiations for the Walt Disney Company. So we won't be able to see any of the neat shows there, such as Indiana Jones. Um, the Indiana Jones adventure is awesome. 
there at uh, at Hollywood Studios, and it's unfortunate that's not going to be running over there. But they also the stuff that's not running, of course, Little Mermaid, and they have a couple other little shows, the Beauty and the Beast show that is not going on yet. Um, I have seen the Beauty and the Beast show before. I've also seen the Little Mermaid thing. They're cool. If you like that sort of thing, but I'm I'm really an Indiana Jones fan more than any of that. Um, I hope that they get something figured out shortly. I know they will. Uh, they were supposed to return to work in June. I did touch on this a little bit last week, and the uh, it just didn't work out for them. The safety issues weren't able to be worked out between the, their union and the Walt Disney Company. Hopefully it's figured out soon. But with that, be sure to check out the Bobblum's Fantastic Finds at WordPress.com. We have a lot of information about Disney, a lot of information about new events taking place around the Palm Beaches, and all sorts of fun things happening there. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you again next week in the Thunderdome as we discuss the major issues in the world of modern auto racing. Thanks again. Have a great night.